what sort of um, what sort of volume are you looking for looking for from me? <laughs> <laughs> Something above library. Something okay. More. <laughs> oh, we're just sitting at the table and we're ignoring these large foam rubber phallic objects in front of our faces. I like to think of them as game show microphones. Yeah. That was Billy Priest, also known as Holly Deville, a San Francisco drag queen. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, Billy shares how he got started doing drag in San Francisco, first at Aunt Charlie's and later at Deco Lounge. Here's Billy. So we came to San Francisco and we sort of arrived with a, a, a circle of friends waiting for, for us. Um, and these were friends that, uh, they, they were really David's friends because I didn't really know them. From All, his time from, here uh, before? Or? From, from San Luis Obispo, actually. Okay. And, and then also from his time in San Francisco in, in, in the early 90s. Sure. Um, uh, one in particular, uh, Valencia, she was his friend. She, they met when, she, when he was six years old. So Whoa. a very old friend. Still a very old, uh, still a very close friend, um, but not really if someone I, someone I knew from San Luis Obispo very very peripherally. Like she was a friend of a friend, so I knew her and I knew her family in that circle, but very very peripherally. Ironically, I never met David when we were growing up, but we hung out on opposite fringes of the same crowd. Mm-hmm. So we really we could easily have met each other and become involved much earlier, but we were obviously never ready for that. Not meant to be. Um, so we started hanging out with Valencia and her circle of friends when we moved up to, up to San Francisco. And one of the things that we did with them a lot was go to the drag shows at Aunt Charlie's Lounge. And we went religiously, like every Friday and Saturday night for most of a year. Uh, yeah, 2003 into the beginning of 2004, like every Friday and Saturday night, because that was that was just that's a Friday and Saturday night. That's what we're doing. We're gonna go to Aunt Charlie's and chain smoke and drink because it was one of the last place last places in San Francisco you could smoke indoors, and love the the drag show and love the you know scary old you know <laughs> dragon queens, um, and so resonated with that show and so resonated with that dive bar scene and just really loved it. And um, one of the things that Aunt Charlie's always did when someone came in who had a birthday was they would drag the whoever's birthday it was, drag them backstage, throw a bad Pun wig intended. on them. Huh? Pun intended. Pun intended, yes. Dra- yeah, literally. Drag them back and drag them out, basically. Right. Um, put a bad wig on them and hand them a feather boa and then force them out the curtain and say, go do a show. And they always put on um, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, mm-hmm. presuming that everyone on the planet knows that song and they can, anyone can fake it. And some people did better than others. And um, I come from a long, long hit performance history. Okay. I did theater starting my freshman year in high school. And then after I graduated high school, I did community theater in San Luis Obispo until we left, basically. And so when my birthday came around February 2004, of course, we had to go to Aunt Charlie's. <laughs> We have to go to Aunt Charlie's. It's my birthday. Yeah. We have to go. So we went, and Valencia and the, and, and, and the whole crew met us there, and um, they dragged me backstage and threw a wig on me. And, and you, Did you know that was coming? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, well, I already knew it was that, already that was... part of... It was, yeah. We had been there for enough other people's birthdays mm-hmm. to see it happen. I knew it was, I knew it was happening. Um, enough that, like, not only did I, like, zhuzh the wig a little bit, because, of course, I was a hairstylist, <laughs> uh, but I actually snagged someone's lipstick and put that on 
in addition to the feather bow. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to own this. Yeah. So I did. I went out and did Gloria Gaynor and I really, I, you know, I knew the song. I've known the song well enough for years that I was able to actually lip sync it really, really well. And Gina La Divina, who back then was the MC of the show, came to me at the end of the show. Like we, we, you know, I did my bit. We watched the end, the rest of the show, and we hung out. And then after the show, the queens usually came out and hung out with the audience, and you know, drank and had their pictures taken and whatever. And Gina La Divina came up to me and said, "You've done this before," <laughs> and I said, "No, I've never done drag before, but I've done a lot of theater." And she said, "I want you to come back in two weeks and audition." Put together a character, put together an outfit, put together a look. I want you to come back in two weeks and audition. We have auditions on Wednesday nights. Find find a good number that you can do. Practice it. Get it ready. We want you to come in. Okay. We had been there, you know, like I said, for a year Mm -hmm. going into every Friday. So they knew who we were. We had certainly interacted, you know, in, in the venue any number of times. So I think that made it very easy for them because they already knew, yeah, this bitch is here all the time, so why not put her on stage? You were rando. Right, exactly. Um, so, so you agreed to it right away. Absolutely. Like, were, you, were you I was shocked, eager. surprised? Were you? No. Well, I mean, it was, I, I, it was unexpected. I didn't think they were going to ask me to audition. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, I expected them to be, you know, pleased with my performance like oh you did a great job because a lot of people you know the birthday victims would get up there and some of them just flail no idea what they're doing don't know the lyrics well enough to be able to lip sync it and they just wave their arms around feather boa and bad hair and i owned it (laughs) and they saw that and they went oh oh she knows what's going on so i went i spent that two weeks really coming up with a character and um because I had so much theater background, it really, for me, it was as much about the character as it was about the look. Absolutely. It was, it was about a persona. Um, what was that like? What, you know, well, had you, had you, had you invented characters? No. Before it was always, you know, here's a script, a character is handed to you. So I really had never invented a character. And, um, I, I started by, first by thinking of like women that I admired, either in film or television or actresses or whatever. And at the time, like the two that really leaped out in my head as being uh, particularly significant for different reasons, but particularly significant were Holly Golightly, mm. who is um, the, the female lead in Breakfast at Tiffany's, mm. and Cruella DeVille, okay. who is the female villain in 101 Dalmatians. Because I really saw this persona as being something of both of them. You know, the, 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 the chic and glamour of Holly Golightly and the sort of, you know, acid-tongued, cutting bitch of Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know from, you know, just knowing my performance style, my performance style is kind of over the top, like Cruella DeVille. Just a little, a little, a little bigger than life. Great. Um, so... I went with that, and I took both names. So my drag name is Holly DeVille. Um, and, and that's worked for me really, really well. At first, I was like, okay, Holly and Billy. Ugh, it's just a little too Victor Victoria, but it's worked. <laughs> right. 
But not Cruella Go Lightly. Cruella Go Lightly. Too hard to say. It's a little tongue twisty. <laughs> yeah. I wanted it. That was one of the considerations. Like, I want something that an MC can shout and isn't going to be hard for them to read. Right. Because, unfortunately, an awful lot of drag queens that I knew up to that point were not particularly literate. Holly Bill. <laughs> it rolls. It's pretty easy to say. The tongue, a it little is, easier. Yeah. It rolleth, r- rolleth, rolleth trippingly from the, from the tongue. <laughs> Holly DeVille. Okay. Holly DeVille. So I did. Um, the song I did is a um, uh, mid-90s number by the band Maloco called Fun For Me. And it's sort of talky and singy. And it's basically about, um, you know, th- th- this woman singing about, like, I had this really weird dream and all this weird stuff happens. And so it allowed me to incorporate a lot of display gesture, like almost sign language, but not really sign language and lots of movement. So I wasn't just standing there. Right. Like a zombie trying to sing lip sync. I was going to say, are you singing or lip syncing? Lip syncing. Okay. My singing voice has never been great. Would have um, distracted from the performance. It would have, yeah, yeah. And, you know, since since puberty ended, I'm really just a bass. <laughs> <laughs> right. I tried to be a tenor for a long time, and it yeah. just never worked, so. <clears throat> okay, so you picked a song that would allow you to gesture. To move, and, yeah. yeah. To, have, to, have, to show a character and to move around, because I wanted it to be, yeah, I wanted it to not stand in one place and deliver, which is, right, yeah. that's bad performance. Yeah. R- regardless of what the show is, standing in one place and just, yeah. yeah, not very interesting. Um, and I went back, and they loved it, and they said, "Okay, you're in. We want you to perform every Friday and Saturday night as a guest. You're not you're not official performer. You're not going to get paid other than your tips." Um, they have um, they have set cast that are um, you know they're in every single week. They get paid a stipend for for their sh- for the show plus their tips. Excuse me, and then they have. Um, guest performers. Anyone can come in and guest perform that has been there before or that they have approved to come in and mm-hmm. guest perform. Um, and once you've been a guest performer, you can come back anytime. And I did. <laughs> For the first year, I was there every Friday, Friday and Saturday and night. Saturday. Wow. While uh, I was working close to full time and getting a bachelor's degree in Japanese. <laughs> Holy moly. So, I mean, t- can you talk more about the first time you, you did it? Were there, ner- there must have been nerves. Absolutely. If only because I had never done this particular performance style. Had you rehearsed? Oh, yeah. You have to. Oh, God, yeah. I practiced that number to death. And I, and I had never really spent any time in heels. Okay. So I spent that two weeks up to the, leading up to the audition, like, wandering around my apartment in heels. Everything I did when I was at home, I was in heels the whole time. Sitting, standing, walking around the kitchen, whatever. I was in heels. Just to get used to walking around in them because I'd never spent any time in them. And I, of course, didn't, you know, I didn't get, you know, little two-inch theater dance heels. No, I was like six-inch, you know. Can I say, can I, can I say come fuck me on the air? (laughs) They were six-inch come fuck me heels, yes, Yes. that you, that I got at Foot Worship, which is the, you know, basically only prostitutes and drag queens shop there. Right. God love them. God love them. Love that place. <laughs> Fantastic shoes. Um. So did a little did shopping. You, Go ahead. Did you rehearse? So you practiced in heels. Did you rehearse for anyone else, or just for yourself? Um. I let I let David see it, and we yeah. had a roommate at the time, and I let her see it. Okay. Um. But mostly, I just practiced for myself, and yeah. mostly, really, I just practiced the lip sync because that was right. the that was the part that I knew was going to be the most challenging, and okay. I wanted it to be as accurate as possible. Um, uh, 
it was a it was a form I had never really worked with before. Um, I knew that just as far as performance is concerned, that wasn't a real challenge for me. I had done enough theater at that point that you know, getting up in front of people and doing whatever it is I'm going to do, you know, I need to rehearse it a few times, but after that, wing it, it's fine. Um, but the lip sync was the real challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, can I? Because I really wanted it to be on. I wanted it to be. And it's a- not Gloria Trainer. Right, and it wasn't Gloria. Yeah, right. A little more challenging. A little more challenging. And this is it, it, the talk portions of this song are pretty fast. Not rap, but pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so I really, I, I practiced, I probably played that song easily 60 times mm-hmm. in the two weeks that I, that w- running up to that audition. And then they said, come in, do the show. And so the first show, of course, you know, everyone we knew in San Francisco was there, by God. Right. <laughs> and I only did the one number, that show, um, because that was the only number I had. It was the only song I had. Um <laughs> It's a great picture of me after the show looking really, really young because someone had, one of the girls in the show had suggested taping. If you don't know what taping is, it's when you apply tape to the, to the perimeter of your face and then the tape has strings on it and you pull the strings back to the back of your head and it basically gives you an instant facelift. And I looked like porcelain doll, not a wrinkle. Right. (laughs) Amazing! I've never looked so good. Right. <laughs> it's one of my favorite pictures, but I never taped again. Can you supply it to me for the purpose? Sure, absolutely. Of this project, okay. absolutely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I can cert- I can even show it to you right now. Um, <laughs> my eyes have never been that open either. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yes. Um, so I'm assuming, yeah. but I'm assuming those first time jitters. Yeah. are immediately followed by euphoria or whatever you want to call it of like, I did this. There is definitely and a, I can a do high. This again and yeah. yeah, there's a high. There's right? definitely a high. Performance high. Um, and people who have not been on stage or performed enough to get comfortable with it right. really don't understand that high. And unfortunately, that high is what leads a lot of performers of every kind into drug use. Well, I was just going to say that it's not... I, I haven't done all the drugs. I've done some of them. <laughs> I've been in bands that have performed. I've never found a drug that is that does that. No. And I, I'm, I agree. I've tried everything. Well, not everything, but I've tried a lot of shit. I've tried... Yeah. <laughs> I've tried... I, nothing close. N- no, nothing comes close. Coke cl- comes the closest, but still is not... It's only the first 30 seconds of Coke that it comes close. And then after that, it's just like, eh, why bother? Well, that's all for episode nine of Storied San Francisco. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StoriedSF. Find our Facebook page at Storied San Francisco. Over on the website, you can find some really amazing photographs of Holly DeVille. The website address is storiedsf.com. You can also email us at storiedsf at gmail.com. There will be a Queens in the Attic show this Saturday, December 16th. The theme is Christmas Carols, a tribute to Carol Burnett and Carol Channing. It's upstairs at Emperor Norton's Boozland, and the show starts at 9 p.m. Downstairs at the bar, Michelle Kilfeather's photo show, Walking to Boozland, is still up and very much worth seeing. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald, also known as Joe Bigale. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week when we'll hear from Graham Crowley, the medical examiner in Peter Hartlop's Storied San Francisco episodes. Mm-hmm.